0: Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Coby, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm talking with Sarah Stegner, Chef Partner in Prairie Grass Cafe, a full-service independent restaurant in Northbrook, Illinois, with a strong local connection. Sarah has been keeping both customers and vendors very engaged during the pandemic. She set up a distribution center in her restaurant for farmers to sell their produce directly to consumers. And local seasonal ingredients continue to drive her menu every day. Guest participation in the restaurant's Meals to Go program and virtual activities has been particularly strong and enthusiastic. Listen as Sarah tells Menu Feed how taste recognition and community connection has built her restaurant's identity. So welcome, Sarah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how you came up with the idea for Prairie Grass Cafe when it first started.
1: Oh, um, I was at the Ritz-Carlton with my partner and the executive chef, George Bambaras, and we decided that we wanted to have a place that was more approachable, more friendly, more um, in tune with what people needed on on an everyday basis, less, a little less high end. But when I say that, I also want to qualify the fact that uh, there's a lot of detail and work in the food and we're using really good quality, well-sourced local ingredients. Mm -hmm. So that it's not fine dining, it's that the atmosphere is more approachable and it's more of a neighborhood positioned restaurant.
0: Right. Well it's in Northbrook, which is a Chicago suburb, so that's more of a neighborhood crowd, I guess, that you get in. Yes. Yeah, it's
1: a it's it's supported by the community in the area.
0: Mm-hmm. And how long have you been in business out there? Uh 15
1: years. This is our 15th year at Prairie Grass Cafe.
0: That's really impressive because longevity is not very common in the restaurant industry. So so, how do you account for that longevity? I mean, I know that you <clears throat> do a lot to evolve the restaurant, but you know what how do you keep it going all these years and keep appealing to the customer base that you have?
1: Well, there's not one easy answer to that. Part of it is consistency that we're both there, we both work hard, we both love to cook, and uh, that kind of drives the restaurant, but also a philosophy that we never stop learning, uh, implementing new ideas, um, trying to make it a better atmosphere for both the guest and the back of the house, uh, really um, wanting to be part of the community in terms of service and what we can do to help, mm-hmm. and all breathes life into the restaurant.
0: So can you talk a little bit about how you've evolved you know, operationally and involved the menu over the years?
1: Yeah. Um, The menu is seasonally driven and that commonality has stayed. Uh, What farmers we use um, locally, some of them are the same farmers we were using before and some of them are new. I feel it's really important to, um, I was one of the people that started, helped start Green City Market
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in Lincoln Park. It's about 50 uh, certified farmers that are all committed to protecting the earth and um, growing locally. And those are the things that I draw my inspiration from and really try and uh, elevate what we're doing on the menu. So that's, that's been a consistent factor, but it's also something that's new every week.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the innovative ideas you introduced during the pandemic, because we talked about that previously, and I was really impressed with all the different things that you've done to pivot. I know that word is used a lot, but pivoting is what you did best. Yeah. Um,
1: Okay, well, there's a lot of layers to what we did, and I feel like about every nine or 10 days, there's been some kind of a dramatic change that you have to react to. Uh, we first, the and the most important uh, core part of the business right now is the packages that are pre-ordered and to go. So um, they usually are for two people and I enjoy creating the menu for that. It brings a lot of freedom for me to, to do that. So, um, and we're really cooking, you know, we're making things mm-hmm. like spicy pork dishes and I don't know, roasted chickens are every Thursday, and then what we put with it is different, or what spice rub we put on the chicken is different. But that's a big component of it. Uh, now, of course, we're open on our patio, which we'd never had before. It was, it's now, it, it's in a parking lot, and it's very, um, like we went and got planters and kind of did the whole thing ourselves. We moved tables from inside to outside, and uh, my partner brought all his outdoor patio furniture and sanitized it and got it ready and, you know, put umbrellas with it. So it's kind of grassroots effort, but yeah. it has a really cool feel, even though that it's in a parking lot. And it's been used quite a bit. People are, are coming for the outside. Inside, I think people are still pretty hesitant. Uh, we have great space. It's large. We, the restaurant itself seats 180 people. So our area where we've opened up on the inside gives people a lot of room. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: think that's key to making people feel safe. Um, We have not turned those tables. It's just been one person sitting at a table for the night. And uh, so that's the newest component of what we've done. Um, I've done Zoom cooking classes. Uh, that we sell a package of raw product that I've kind of prepped out for them to make it easier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that goes along with a theme that I've really tried to help people cook at home. And part of that is what I see as community-based, community, community based, that I really needed to help the community with that during the pandemic. So we have uh, raw fish on Mondays that we sell, you pre-order it. And then you can—it's flown in Monday morning, and our fish purveyor processes it and brings it to us, and we sell it to the public. Um, and I'm very—I'm very proud of that initiative. The food—the fish is all sustainable, and uh, it's been well received. So we do that, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays we have farm deliveries direct from the farms, and we use our little restaurant as a distribution center for the farmers it can be a lot of work but it's very rewarding that we're helping people and helping the farmers
0: so you also also did a cooking hotline so that if people have problems while there are challenges while they're cooking they can call you up
1: yes they can still do that it's between 2 and 4 and you know if you can't reach me on the hotline which is on my website the numbers on my website at prairiegrasscafe.com but it, you can also call the restaurant and i have had um, all kinds of calls uh, and mostly people that really just get stuck and don't know what to do. I think that um, we are all in this process together and whatever I can I can do to help people cooking at home. So that's kind of like the goal is to be of service in that area to people.
0: So you also introduced a bunch of um, like holiday meals. Can you talk about that a little and how, how did they do and how were they received?
1: Yeah, so you know how to how do you handle the holidays in this situation? Um, so it was like Mother's Day and Father's Day, Fourth um, of July. Uh, for the Fourth of July, we closed on Fourth, and that was the only day we've closed since this started. And we did a lot of uh, pre-prepped raw food to be picked up on the third. Uh-huh. We did one that was. It was cooked. We did a lobster sandwich for people. So we broke down the lobsters and portioned it out and then gave them seasoned clarified butter and buns to toast and a a couple of great sauces to put with it. And we sold a lot of them. I wish Um, I knew about that. I
0: love lobster rolls.
1: Yeah. Uh, Actually, our lobster sandwich has been one of our biggest hits during this whole thing. I have years experience breaking down lobsters at the Ritz-Carlton. It's something I could do in my sleep. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah that, that that was just like a natural kind of thing, right? Uh, but helping people celebrate at home and trying to make it familiar and special and um, at the access as easy as possible—that's kind of the goal,
0: right? And also, the, you did some kids' pizza kits. Were those popular too?
1: Yes, we still do them every Sunday. It's uh, A kids kitchen crew kit that we do with um, toppings and uh, pizza dough and then raw cookie dough so they have to roll out the pizza dough we give them like a little circle that they can Mm -hmm. you know use measure it and hold it with Um, it's been very well received it's we consistently sell them we've gotten a lot of pictures from people which is nice you can see them in our newsletter and up on our website that you know these kid, kids with big smiles on their face making pizza. I mean, it, how how heartwarming is that? That's yeah. really what a, a But I think that it goes back to some of the principles of the restaurant that we want uh, children involved in the process of making choices of what they're going to eat, and um, to do that, we've we've you know we've had these kids menus that are. Um, smaller portions of what we have on our menu so when you come into the restaurant you're not you know you're not necessarily going to be able to order a hamburger or a hot dog for your kid you can if you you know you can we have burgers but you could have a small portion of chicken or you know things that that they with vegetables with it and surprisingly they're very open to that and like that and this is just an extension of it and if you don't finish all the toppings for the pizza you can make an omelet the next day kind of give you some hints there
0: so you have kids of your own so you probably get inspired by them a little bit i have a daughter she's um she's
1: 16 and yeah she's full of good good information she just made swedish pancakes with uh lingonberry jam that i that i i um i went i bought on Amazon. It was wild lingonberries and she was very excited about it. She made it for me. So she cooks.
0: (laughs) So it must be a challenge all these, you know, months to keep the takeout menu interesting and exciting. You know, I know the seasonal ingredients help a lot, but how else are you, um, you know, keeping your inspiration up and making it exciting every, every week?
1: Well, one thing that has been amazing for me during this pandemic is how much access I've gotten to regular customers that, um, through the newsletter, that people respond and are telling me, "Oh, I love that you did this," or "Could we see more of that?" or "This was really good for me. This is I like this part of the package," and those kinds of feedback and information is what i include in what the next set of menus are going to come up because Mm. i i think that you know you have to respond to what people want
0: Mm -hmm. definitely so did you have to reallocate staff in the kitchen in the front of house to accommodate all these shifts in your day-to-day operations
1: uh our staff is still not even close to even half back to where it was you know and that's part of the really sad part of this, this whole thing that I, I, you know, I, we've kind of kept, kept track of people and I know some of them have got other jobs and, um, you know, it's, it, it's hard, yeah. but, uh, but we do, yes, we, we have a core group of people. We've tried to keep it very tight. We are really under, it's difficult. It's difficult in our kitchen. You know, you have, Maintaining six feet apart because we have a pretty large kitchen. We were blessed with that amount of space to handle this, so we are not on top of each other. We're wearing masks. Uh, I I wear a shield as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we're all wearing gloves, and you know, hair tightly covered. So there's no. Yeah, it's just really intense, and that that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and people come in. You know they clean uniforms. Everybody scrubs down. It's taken so seriously. I don't want to get sick. I, you know, I don't want this. And everybody's doing above and beyond to try and protect themselves. And we all have um, m- meetings pretty frequently about what we hear are the things that are coming up to watch out for, to be careful with, uh, how to handle situations. And when you're at home, you're an extension of the Prairie Grass team. You need to you know, take it as seriously as you can and data of gatherings and all that kind of thing is really, we're really focused.
0: Well, you also mentioned that the managers and the front of the house people were helping with the curbside pickup and the takeout meals. So how does yeah. that work?
1: Yeah, they're working really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they are phone, phone calls. We have a new online ordering platform. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the most tech savvy person. So this has been challenging, but I'm, you know, we have an online ordering platform and, you know, so they take that and enter it into the system and, uh, taking that, taking out with their shields on gloves, d- delivering to the cars. And, um, you know, we, we have a strong core group of people that are really supporting us. So we're blessed with that.
0: How about the packaging? Are you able to get enough uh product or are you sometimes challenged by that and have you had to allocate more expenses towards packaging?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's expensive. Yeah. You know, some of it is, is heart heart wrenching how much plastic, you know, that we've we were almost completely eliminated it, you know, mm-hmm. before this. Uh, we've done our best, our best we can to like source what we can, you know, things that are at least reusable, stuff like that. Yes, it's pa- packaging is expensive, Uh, and thinking through how to do it, like for two people, that we can combine things into one container,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like all of that, is a is a big part of what we're doing
0: right now. Right, and I'm sure you still want to focus on presentation a little bit, you know. Want it to all look jumbled when, when it arrives. Right. And, and
1: choosing items where it makes sense. You know, you, you need something that like the, the whole roasted chicken, the way we send it out, you know, the braised beef that's, you know, in, in chunks looks like a pot roast for people. Mm-hmm. It, those kinds of items work really well for to goes,
0: Right. So what are some of the effective marketing and outreach strategies you've tried because you have kept the community and your core customers really engaged. So what did you do? Um, you mentioned your newsletter. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. A
1: little Yes. Well, first I have a pretty incredible team of people that I am extremely grateful to. C- Cindy Kerman is my PR person mm-hmm. and she's been with me for years and years and she really has come through. I mean, I was like, I don't even know if I can pay you. And she's like, you know, I'm in this with you. I'm going to help you. So she really has has uh, come through. Uh, Grace Wood Silos is my um, is my social media person. And it's funny that I not really put that much emphasis on social media, but I got it set up kind of enrolling maybe two months before this whole thing hit. And I am so happy that I did because yeah. the component of the newsletter which is generated within the restaurant, social media, the press releases have helped, and we do um, information to the public in the bags. I have a, a thank you note because we are all, as a staff, we're all very grateful that we can, we can help and make a difference. Mm. So um, we have, a, and, and, that people, and that people are um, purchasing from us, we understand that there's a level of trust there So that gratitude to them, you know, so that they're back and forth like that. Um, And and that those kinds of layers, uh, staying consistent with them, trying to improve it so that it's clear, makes sense, uh, and adds value. One of the things that we did recently is in, in order to have things kind of stand out that people might not understand, like, uh, day lilies that they're edible and that this week they're in season and they're going to be in your salad. Don't miss that. And purslane, which is extremely nutritious and is prevalent all over. I mean, it's in your sidewalk cracks. It's prevalent <laughs> all over. It's delicious and it adds an incredible boost of nutrition. Like those kinds of things we're highlighting and putting in the newsletter.
0: So does the newsletter go out via email to your customers or a different way? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it, constant contact we're using. Okay. And it's also on your website. You update things on there. Yeah.
1: And you know we got, a, we got a makeover on the website. It, mm-hmm. it took us a couple of weeks, but I have somebody who does the web and he's great. We had a lot of help. I, I have to say that's the biggest thing is we've had a lot of help from people.
0: So, are you? um, You mentioned that you have a patio out in the parking lot now. So, have you streamlined the menu for the patio service, or is it similar to what you did when you were serving indoors throughout, you know, pre-pandemic?
1: Our menu is not as big as it used to be. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the core items that kind of, in my mind, define what Prairie Grass, like. it's taste recognition is what builds a restaurant's identity. Mm-hmm. And those core things are on, the, on that menu. Like our marinated skirt steak, our chicken cutlets with mashed potatoes and roasted carrots, you know, the white fish that we normally serve with sauteed broccoli. I mean, those kinds of things are on the menu. And then the packages, the extra packages that we create just for the patio. Uh, so, for example, last night we had the braised pork package with um, refried beans, and um, we did uh, like fried yellow tomatoes mm-hmm. and a little slaw that went with it. So we served a little slaw with the crispy yellow tomatoes on top, and they were so good.
0: Mm, sound yummy. And how about alcohol? Were you, are you, When you do your um, curbside pickup, are you doing alcohol too, or... Is that mostly still in the service in the pat- on the patio and inside?
1: Yes, we have we have not a, a huge amount. We have one item that we highlight in every newsletter we send out to so like twice a week. Mm-hmm. We have a a special drink that we're doing. Uh, I know we were doing a raspberry um, Moscow mule and, that sold really well. Um, but the, our biggest thing is. Um, my husband Rohit Nambiar is the sommelier and he's, he's also the restaurant manager. So he, um, he's been working really hard on the wines, what people are looking for, pricing them right, uh, getting the information out there. And we are, selling, we are
0: selling wine. By the bottle, you mean? Yes. Oh, cool. So have you had to replenish your inventory or are you mostly selling what's been in stock?
1: Yes, we, we sold our entire inventory. I mean, (laughs) everything. Well, okay. But wait a minute. Let me just qualify that, that, you know, Prairie grass, we've got a tiny storage space, Mm -hmm. big restaurant storage space, Mm -hmm. always challenging, but we have a huge wine inventory. And so, you know, Rohit, you know, rebuilt and it's, I don't know, maybe between 25 and 50 wines total at the heydays kind of thing. But, um, So that went pretty quick because it's not that, it's not that big, but yes, he's replenished.
0: So as a result of the pandemic, I know that, you know, we're still kind of in the middle of it. Are you thinking of changing your business model or is it going to remain pretty much the same? Um, I know, I mean, I know that you've shifted a lot during the pandemic, but looking to the future, do you think, you'll keep the menu streamlined, you'll do other things that worked well for you, you know, as far as best practices during the pandemic.
1: Yeah. Okay, the best practice during the pandemic is that you have to change. Right. And it doesn't have any, you know, predictability to it, at least, because I've never been through this. I'm sure somebody may have better insights, but for me, I'm like reacting and quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, the, to-go pa- the to-go packages that are pre-ordered and those kinds of things have been very good for people. I, we get a lot of positive uh, response. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is probably the heart of what we're going to do over the next, I would say, 8 to 12 months. I, that's kind of my feeling. The, the menu that we have offered will uh, continue to remain seasonal and yet have taste recognition for our guests. What else we're going to do? We're looking at maybe, I I think we've been working on the idea and starting to build the packages for um, home, small home gatherings, Mm. like for people to be able to do in their own house for small groups of people and what that would look like. So they're not ordering like, uh, say, say eight, eight different entrees. They can do that if they want, but we could do these gorgeous platters. We have gorgeous platters mm-hmm. and do you know a seafood one uh, a roast chicken uh, w- with highlighting farmer's market vegetables mm-hmm. you know pull, pulled um beef that's got some barbecue in it or something like that and then components around it so those kinds of things that either they can pick up or we might be able to deliver uh, for w- along with the wines and maybe a highlighted cocktail for a special occasion for you at home mm-hmm. that um, would have some visual impact and make it feel like a party.
0: You were doing catering before the pandemic too? No. No? Oh, so this is new for you?
1: Yeah, this would be new. And I don't know uh, if people are ready for that kind of thing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but for August... We will definitely have uh, platters for outdoors that you can have on your, on your patio for you and close friends that you've probably had exposure to already.
0: Right. Well, people are definitely gathering in smaller groups now. So I think that's very timely. So what are you most looking forward to when you know, we come out of this or even in the next few months as it maybe slows down a little bit?
1: I want to hug my friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I guess I'm looking forward. To the things that I, are are coming out of this, particularly for the restaurant industry, is how do we improve what it was? So the model doesn't just go back to the way it was, mm-hmm. but it's a better work environment for both front and back of house. It becomes um, a place that makes sense in terms of the respect that's needed for the farmer, the chef, the, the labor in between, what it takes to produce that. I think, you know, when we, were, when we started Green City and we, we identified our number one person that's going to support us is the, is the person that has a home garden. Mm-hmm. And that's because they understand how hard it is to grow the food. You know, so many factors like the weather and the soil content and your own abilities and skills to identify when it's ripe, those kinds of things um, make for your steady person coming to farmer's markets because they understand the nation has spent their time in their kitchens feeding their family. And you know what? It's not so easy. (laughs) Not so easy to source the right product and get it there and time it. And I think people have a better understanding of how, just di- how difficult this industry is and the respect that goes along with that to make it so our workers are taken care of and um, everybody has a, uh, a good understanding of how a restaurant is a special thing.
0: I think a lot of people didn't have an understanding of how much the farmers and the small producers are suffering through this. I mean, you know, with restaurants not, you know, being their main customer and them being closed for so long, it's just been, it must have been really hard on some of the smaller farmers that you use.
1: Right now, right now it's terrifying. It is terrifying that... If, if the farmer was not able to pivot and even if they are how successful they are at it, you, you have to think these people are spending a massive amount of time working on their land. And just like I was saying, you know, weather factors, uh, seeds, the ground quality, water, all those things that they're trying to um, manage in order to give you the a right product that tastes delicious, cleaned, and at your door. So how do, how are they gonna do that? And if it's not, and if their majority of their business was with restaurants, it's not anymore. And even if those restaurants are opening up, they're not doing the volume that we were. Right. So trying to set up an online ordering system for a farmer and become tech savvy with websites and newsletters, and then having to figure out how to get it to the people, whether you're gonna drop off at a distribution area like Prairie Grasses for some farmers or like green market is. Uh, are you willing to spend those hours to go and stand at a farmer's market and, uh, and, and, and sell your wares instead of working at your farm mm-hmm. and then how to, to deliver directly to people? It's just daunting, that, that, them trying to figure it out. So I've tried to do everything I can. I have on my, on my website, I have a list of farmers that you can um, go to on the North Shore in north north Chicago that will deliver directly to you or have distribution centers in the area so that you can get their product. I guess the advice that I would say is that you need to be, you know, as a restaurateur, yes you need to think about what, you know, the negatives and stuff, but at the same time you need to be pretty positive about accepting change and trying to figure out what would work best for your business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I Trying to pressure people to come in if they're not comfortable. Keep the curbside going, you know. Uh, if they need access and they are uncomfortable going into stores, you know, you might be able to help them because you have already sourced some of the top quality products. Like those kinds of things, I think are really valuable.
0: Sarah, thanks so much for sharing the Prairie Grass Cafe story and the best practices that have kept the restaurant thriving during these challenging times. Please join me next time to delve into more ideas that will help you stay ahead of the curve.